Podcast. Presented by XFL2K.com. With your host, Tron Hawkins. Welcome, this is the XFL Podcast. I am your host, Tron Hawkins. And today we're going to be talking about week three of the XFL season. Yes, it's already week three. This week looks strange on paper. It looks like a lot of these games could be blowouts. I'm not saying we're going to have good games. I'm just saying that on paper, it looks like a lot of these games are going to be kind of one-sided. And we'll talk about it. This is the picks and previews. Last week I went 4-0. I am 7-1 and going, in, going into week three. Uh, my one loss was when I thought L.A. was going to have Josh Johnson, and I didn't know if Philip Walker was the best damn quarterback in the league. Well, let's get started. Already week three, it's my game of the week. The Dallas Renegades visit the Seattle Dragons. Uh, the point spread is actually uh, um, minus five for Dallas. They're a five-point favorite. Team stats, uh, Dallas has 254.5 passing yards per game to Seattle's Ray Paul, 347.5. Uh, rushing yards game, even 106 to 107 yards per Game per play, 5.8 to 4.4 for Dallas. And point score per game, 17 to 15. Both those teams have, have both had very low scoring games this point in the season. Defense, two and a half sacks to two sacks per game for Seattle. Um, interception, Seattle actually has a full and more, full interception more, but Dallas has one more fumble recovery. Seattle actually has a defensive touchdown. Points allowed per game, 20 per game for Seattle, 16.5 for Dallas. And quarterback hits a game, 2 the 3, Seattle with that. And both teams, um, not very good at extra points. 1 for 3 for Dallas, 2 and 5. 2 for 5 for Seattle. Uh, Dallas has 1.5 takeaways per game to Seattle's none. Turnovers a game, though. Seattle's gave up the ball 3 more times with 2. Uh, touchdown differential is minus one. Seattle's even with zero. Lance Jones is the better quarterback in the two so far with 305 passing yards a game to 154. But Lance Jones only played one game. Lance Jones had two turnovers to Brandon Sewers three. But Brandon Sewers does have four touchdown passes. Kevin Artis Payne and Kenneth Ferris are the rushers for each team. Artis Payne has 52.5 yards rushing to 43 yards rushing per game for Kenneth Farrow. The leading receivers for Dallas are both tight ends, Donald Palmer and Sean Price. The leading receivers, obviously, for Seattle's Keenan Reynolds and Austin Crowe. Things to know, it says the return of Landry Jones wasn't perfect with three turnovers, but he rotted the ship and posted single-game league-best 305 passing yards and a touchdown in the win at the Los Angeles Wildcats. Running back Cameron's on pain, chipped in with two scores and 99 yards on the ground. Only teams not to have allowed 20-plus points. In the game so far in two weeks, Dallas and the D.C. Defenders. Austin McGinnis, five field goals are tied for the league high. Kevin Arch Payne's 80 of those 99 yards came in the fourth quarter. That's why he was my exceptional player of the week. Players to watch the Dragons. Uh, so the Dragons grinded out their first win last week despite the Tampa Bay Vipers running almost 20 more plays and gaining 90 more yards. A huge goal line stand plus three turnovers buoyed Seattle defense. Steven Johnson, who's a beast at linebacker, is tied for the league lead in tackles at 11 and tied for third in sacks with a one and a half. Seattle knows how to do it right. Nearly 30,000 XFL fans showed up last week for the home opener. The thing about this game is, the reason why it's my game of the week, is you got Landry Jones going to Seattle. Ken Landry Jones, he had a bad game in Los Angeles where there was only like 15,000 people. Double that. Put it in that loud stadium in Seattle. 
what is Landry Jones going to do? That's the key to this game. Can the Seattle fans rattle Landry Jones? Because he still got, he still has some rust on him. You know, he's he's still not fully up to speed yet. Um, I don't think I think Dallas is overrated. I think Seattle might be underrated. This will be a good game. Seattle has a pretty good team. I can't wait to see them play in person in two weeks in Houston. Dallas, though, like I said, might be a little bit overrated. This is battle for second place in the West. It's going to be Houston and then whoever wins this game uh, atop the West. Give me Dallas, and I think they – I don't think they cover the spread, though. Uh, the spread's five, but I think Dallas wins this game. I think it's going to be close. I think the crowd keeps Seattle in this game. Uh, but I think Brandon Silvers throws them out of it, sadly. I'm hoping he gets his groove. I'm hoping they get Casey Williams back one day soon. Austin Prolo and Kenny Reynolds are good one-two punts. But if they can run the ball and run it well and avoid the turnovers, they have a chance to upset Dallas. They they don't have a good defense St. Louis did, though, when they beat Dallas. I think St. Louis had the right idea of running the ball against Dallas. If Seattle can run the ball effectively, they could oh, pull this upset off. But give me Dallas just because I think Landry Jones has been in this situation before in front of a while. Wild, loud crowds. I, I like his chances. I like him more than I do Brandon Silvers. When it comes to a close call like this, you got to take the better quarterback. Give me Landry Jones over Brandon Silvers. But this is the game of the week for a reason. I think it's going to be the closest game of the week. And I'll get to why when I talk about the other three games next. Uh, I forgot to mention that the Dallas-Seattle game is the 5 o'clock game on Saturday on Fox. However, the first game of the week is on ABC, as always, 2 o'clock this Saturday. It's the Houston Roughnecks hoping, uh, oh, uh, the Houston Roughnecks uh, at Tampa Bay Vipers. Tampa Bay with their first home game of the season, and they are in trouble. <clears throat> this, this game is interesting for this one fact. The league leaders in points is the Houston Roughnecks with 65. The last place team in points for the season, Vipers with 12. Yes. The first two games of the season, the Houston Roughnecks have outscored the Vipers 65-12. to 12. And now here they are this Saturday, home opener, and they play the best team or one of the best teams in the league. The spread is weird. Houston's only, only a 6.5-point favorite on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is one I look. I just don't get it. I don't get why well, it's only 6.5. There's bigger spreads in this one. And I don't understand why. I know Tampa's got a good defense, but are they good enough to stop P.J. Walker? The answer is no. Now, let's look at the offensive stats. Houston outgained them pass yards a game, 212.5 to 196. Rush yards a game. Tampa Bay actually almost doubles them or over doubles them. Tampa Bay's had 145 rushing yards per game. Some of that is called Quentin Flowers. Uh, some of it is called their running back, like Jacquez Patrick. And the other running back, Davion Smith. Yards game per play is a lot closer than you think, 5.3 to 4.8. However, here's where it gets just skewed. Uh, Houston, 32.5 points per game to Tampa Bay's 6. 32.5 to 6. The defense, Houston defense is actually really good. They don't get enough credit. Uh, they've only allowed, both teams allowed 20, 20 points a game. Houston, 20.5. Quarterback hits, though, 9.5 hits per game for Houston to 3 for Tampa. Four sacks per game for Houston to 1 per Tampa, for Tampa. And Houston's averaging two interceptions a game to .5 for Tampa. Extra points. Tampa Bay is yet to try an extra point. That's for real. <laughs> and it says, anyway, on AXL.com. And Houston's actually 50, uh, 33 and a third percent. That's three for nine. Uh, takeaways, two and a half per game for Houston. The 
0.5 for Tampa. Turnovers game, though, Tampa's gave the ball away three times per game. The Houston's half time per game. Third down percentage is 25% for Houston and 50% for um, Tampa Bay, but touchdown differential, negative four for Tampa and three for Houston. Now, Tampa's stats are kind of skewed. They got destroyed by the Guardians, who then in turn get destroyed by D.C. Um, and But Tampa also just had a close game against a decent Seattle team, not great. It was raining and stuff like that. They had a chance to win that game. There's up 9 nothing at one point, and they blew it. Um, I've read some stuff on Twitter that the players are already turning against Mark Chessman, and I feel bad for the Vipers. They host Houston this week. They host D.C. next week. They're 0-4 already. I mean, I don't want to be negative. I talked about it on my review show, but they are already 0-4. I know there's a bunch of Tampa fans out there, and I'm sorry. Houston's going to murder y'all this week. And this is coming from a guy who's biased. Like, I love the league. I want it all to succeed, but... When I seen this game was coming up this week, I'm like, good God, they're going to get smoked by, by, by these guys. The fact, that, the fact that Tampa Bay was even my favorite this season is the win the championship is, is crazy. So, quarterback stats. P.J. Walker, 221 passing yards, 7 touchdowns, 1 pick. The leading quarterback for the Vipers is still Aaron Murray, 231 with 2 picks. James Butler and Davion Smith are the leading running backs. Um, Davion Smith has a good, good you know, Five yards per carry, but no touchdowns yet. Cam Phillips and Khalil Lewis have lead my receivers for um, for Houston. They have five combined touchdowns, but the lead my receivers for Tampa have yet to score a touchdown. I don't think anybody, no offensive player scored a touchdown yet. Tampa Bay's only touchdown was a defensive touchdown, and so he's yet to score an offensive touchdown. Dan Williams leads the team, and Reese Horn does for Tampa. Need to know. Big plays on both sides of the ball have carried the undefeated Roughnecks through the first two weeks. Venturing on the road for the last for the first time is a new test for the West leaders. To be a championship team, you must win your games at home. He must do a couple on a road, Jones said. P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips have earned the first two Star of the Week awards, respectively, because they have been. Um, P.J. Walker exploded in week one. Cam Phillips had three touchdowns just last week by himself. That's four on the year for him already. These two guys are, look like they're going to be the first two guys to go to the NFL the way they keep playing. Vipers, with only one touchdown in two games, the Vipers needed an offensive boost. Maybe that would come with the trade of S.J. Green, a long-time CFL standout. Quentin is, how long is it going to take for him to be on the field? Is he going to be on there a couple of plays? Is he already kind of situated in this, in this, in this you know, game plan for this week? Um, he got traded. Seattle claimed him and then traded him. So let's be honest, Vipers need some help. Um, the question is, though, like I said, will will he already will he already be on the field this week? Like, is he is he going to be good enough to be on the field, or are they going to kind of ease him in over the next few weeks? Who'll be throwing the ball to Green is the question, and the rest of the receivers remain er, and the and the rest of the receivers may, remain a question. Aaron Murray foot was out last week and has not practiced this week as of Wednesday. Backups Terry Cornelius and Quentin Flowers have struggled. They might have traded for a quarterback. Maybe they should have traded for uh, Perez, or maybe even Matt McGowan, the way he was talking to himself out of New York last week. Uh, Davion Smith, 125 yards, and Jacquez Padgett, 105, ranking the league's top five in rushing, and should be busy again to help keep Houston's offense off the field. I got Houston winning this game, winning it big, but, but, I also think they'll cover the spread. I, I, I'm Houston all the way. The Roughnecks are just too powerful. And I don't know. I don't think they're going to have a huge home field advantage 
in Tampa. I don't know how many people are going to be there, but they're going to be there to witness a murder. I'm sorry, Tampa fans. Houston's going to destroy y'all. I've not been a big fan of y'all all year. People said I was crazy for having y'all ranked that low. I've had y'all ranked eight the majority of the time. But now y'all see why. The coaches, the coach don't know what he's doing. Uh, this ain't the Grey Cup winning Tressman. This is the NFL J Cup with Bears Tressman. You know, and, and, and everybody thought I was crazy, but here it is coming to fruition. And y'all going to be 0-4 after next week when D.C. destroys y'all at home as well. It's going to be a rough, rough season in Tampa. The next game I'm going to talk about would have been game of the week if the Guardians just didn't get smashed by D.C. last week. And that is the New York Guardians going to the Dome, Kaka, against the St. Louis Battlehawks. This is the game I'm looking most forward to. It's not my game of the week. It's a game I'm looking most forward to because I just want to see the Dome. I want to see the crowd in the Dome, 28,000 people, home field just loud and screaming. Both these teams are trying to vie for second in the West. Like I said about Houston, there's D.C. and then there's anybody else. The winner of this will be second. I think the winner of this will be in the driver's seat considering how bad the Guardians is. The winner of this could be just in a two-man race with D.C., to be honest with you. Bet lines, 10-point spread for St. Louis. I think it might be a little bit too much. D.C. does have a good defense. I know they got Matt McGloin. Not going coming in this game pissed off, though. And the Guardians, though, has been the most talked about team probably of the year so far, considering what happened last week on the sideline, the whole Matt McGoin meltdown. But watch out. These are probably two of the best defense, two, two of the best defenses in the league that's not D.C. <clears throat> Battlehawks, I've been talking about their defense all offseason. New York's defense, though, I know they got beat 27 nothing by D.C., but that wasn't all the defense's fault. They were just tired. I mean, D.C. just stomped them. And, they, and, and the Guardians, offense, they hope anybody giving them very good field positions in like every single job. Offense. Passing yards of the game. Boy, Jordan Tomlin has been a revelation. I know he's a rookie, but he has been absolutely awesome the first two games. And went for a controversial call against Houston. This team could be 2-0 and right up there with D.C. Setting up a huge battle in a couple weeks with them. Passing yards of the game. 223.5 uh, yards per game for St. Louis. 124 for New York. Rushing yards. St. Louis, 158 and a half rushing yards to 57 and a half. New York cannot get a ground game going if their life depended on it. That's what's that's what's sad. But St. Louis is the most balanced team, I think, in the league between running and passing. I mean, 223 yards passing to 158 yards rushing. I mean, that's that's really, really good numbers. Yards game per play, just 3.9 for New York, 5 yards per play for St. Louis. A lot of that's got to do with Jordan Tommy running and Matt Jones and Christine Michael. And personnel. I mean, they got a loaded offense. Coach Hayes don't get no credit about the team that he put together. I love the St. Louis team. Points scored per game. Kind of skewed since, you know, the Guardians got shut out last week. But 11.5 for the Guardians and 19.5 for the Battlehawks. And offense, well, I'm sorry, on defense, both teams average about 2.5 sacks per game. New York averages one more full interception a game than St. Louis does. Also a half more fumble recoveries. New York has one defensive touchdown. St. Louis is none. Points allowed per game. 15 for New York, 19 for St. Louis. Quarterback hits two per game for the Guardians and one and a half for the Battlehawks. One week, I said week one, Tampa Bay's offense is just terrible. We talked about that last week. Did I think Guardians' defense was good or that DC's, or I'm sorry, that Tampa's offense was just terrible? I think it's a little bit of both. I think Guardians' defense is okay. Uh, they only let up three points to uh, to DC. I mean, I'm sorry, three points to the Tampa Bay. But with DC, they only have like three field goals and like a defensive touchdown. I mean, the three defense defense cutdown don't count against the defense. So they only let up like 19 points 
and like maybe like one or two touchdowns as you see, a lot of that was their offense putting their backs against the wall. So you can't fully blame the Guardians' defense to the problem or the, that 27-0 score on the defense. That was offense just giving D.C. just open reins on the defense. I mean, hell, the Guardians' defense was on the, on the field for literally like three-fourths of the game. It's like every time they got the offensive, offense got the ball, they're getting it right back to D.C., and here comes the defense back out again. Extra points, 0 for 6 for St. Louis. They have yet to convert one. 2 for 3 for New York, but all that was in the first game, and that was from the one-point line. Takeaways, two takeaways a game for New York, um, a half one for St. Louis, one-half turnovers per game for each team. Uh, third down percentage, New York is 5%. Yes, 5% on third down percentage. St. Louis is 55%. Touchdown ratio, touchdown ratio, two for St. Louis, zero for New York. Quarterbacks, Matt McGoin only averages 113 yards per game, one passing touchdown, two interceptions, 48% completion. Jordan Tommy, wonderful, four touchdowns, two picks, 78% completion percentage, 246.5 yards per game. Um, Matt Jones just blows away Darius Victor when it comes to running the ball. The leaders for New York, Mikael McKay receiving, and Kobe Pearson. They only average 44 and 26 and a half points uh, perceptions. I'm sorry, yards per game respectively, and only about two to three catches per game for each. Nothing amazing because Matt McGloin. Uh, the morning Pearson L and Lemayman Washington leads the way for St. Louis, 57 yards per game and 48, and they average six and a half and 5.5 catches per game. The short passes, the short passes to these guys with sure hands. These guys have sure hands, and it's opening up for Jordan Tomu. Jordan Tomu has the world in front of him right now. He's young. He's fresh. He's a rookie. He can run. He can do the short passes. He's got it going on. And like I said, they should have beat Houston went for that controversial play. You didn't know, missed a week ago after a erratic start, and he did a halftime interview. Matt McGoin is sitting in the crosshairs, a bounce back showing on the road by McGoin, who's supposed to start with Calm the Waters. New York has only allowed three touchdowns out for the Fearson League. Like I said, not all of it was their fault. I mean, to be fair, all three touchdowns came against D.C., though. Safety Wesley Sutton is tied for the XFL lead with two sacks, while D.E. Bunmi Rotimi and safety A.J. Hindi are among the leaders in solo tackles with 10 apiece. The return of football has St. Louis buzzing. The Battlehawks are counting on a large and rowdy crowd for the home debut at the Dome. The one-on-one roast pit in Texas was promising. They was nine-point underdogs. Two weeks ago against Dallas. Now the 10-point favorites against the Guardians. That's insane. But head coach Jonathan Hayes sees plenty to clean up. Spot scoring six touchdowns. Good for third in the league. St. Louis has yet to make a conversion. Dual threat quarterback Jordan Tommy is second in passing yards with 493 and third in rushing yards. Matt Jones has a league high 129 rushing yards. When it comes to the conversions, I don't know why they don't use Jordan Tommy's legs. Like, run the ball with your best player. On a conversion, just do like Cam Newton does. Just bam, run up the middle, dive, touchdown. I think they'll get a conversion this week. I know they're 10-point favorites, and that's a lot considering they've never made a conversion. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that, but I think the Battlehawks are going to win. I think they do make a couple of conversions. I think the defense does pick, out, pick off Matt McGloin a couple of times. I don't know if he gets benched in this game, but this ain't the game. If all the teams the Guardians are playing to try to get a bounce back against – St. Louis is not the team to do that against. Give me St. Louis all day long in front of 28,000 people in the Dome. Home field advantage is going to be legit in St. Louis, and 
Seattle in this league. And finally, the last game of the week, 6 o'clock this Sunday. Got to mention New York and St. Louis opens up the day Sunday at 5 o'clock. It's the D.C. Defenders, the best team in the league against one of the worst at the L.A. Wildcats. I talked about how last week L.A.'s team or L.A.'s coach was just sitting, chilling, you know, calling defensive plays while the team's on offense. They're going to need everybody to win this game. D.C. is a eight-and-a-half-point favorite, second-biggest spread on of the week on Jack King Sportsbook. St. Louis is the number one with 10. Passing yards a game. LA's a respectable 195 yard passing. Uh, Josh Johnson didn't do horrible week one. Or, I'm sorry, week two. His first, his first week, his week one. Uh, DC averages 251.5 yards passing per game. Western yards 88 to 76 for DC. Yards game per play 5.6 to 4.2 for DC. Average scoring per game only 22.5 for DC, 17.5. LA, but 22 and a half is kind of skewed because the defensive touchdowns for DC does not count towards their score. Defense, two sacks a game, but one and a half for LA or for DC. Interceptions, two interceptions for DC to half a one for LA, half a fumble for LA to one on DC. DC has already scored three, one, two, three defensive touchdowns, and they've only let up 31 or nine and a half points per game, while LA has let up. 31 points per game. Both average two and a half hits on the quarterback. DC is only one for seven on conversions, while LA is two for four, and one of them being a three-point one, but that was from the five-yard line, not the 10, because of the penalty. Uh, DC has three takeaways a game, but LA's two. Turnovers, um, DC's only given well half a time per game. Two and a half turnovers for LA. Uh, third down percentage, 42 and a half for um, D.C. to 36.5 for L.A. Turnover differential, 4 for D.C., negative 4 for L.A. Before we get into the team stats, or quarterback stats and stuff, you know, player stats, let me talk about this. You got a team, L.A.'s supposed to have a good defense, but Winston Moss destroyed it. They both had a good team, Winston Moss kind of destroyed it. You got a team that turns over the ball a lot, averaging 2.5 turnovers per game. I'm sorry, yeah, for L.A. Like, it's a team that, Scores nothing but defensive touchdowns. DC scoring a defensive touchdown probably this week. Like LA's going to turn the ball over probably a ton against DC. DC's got the best defense, and LA gives up the ball more than anybody. It is a recipe for disaster in LA. To me, this is the biggest ball of the week. DC's going to cream LA. Just Johnson, I mean, sorry, Cardo Jones at 255 passing yards per game, 255 and a half, four touchdowns and one pick. Completing 62% of his passes. Josh Johnson, his only game. No interceptions, two touchdowns, 196 yards. Not awful. I think he did good. Uh, uh, Presley leads um, D.C. with 31.5 rushing yards per game and 13.5 receiving yards per game. No touchdowns yet. Elijah Wood only averages 37 rushing yards per game, 3.4 yards carry, um, and no touchdowns either. Elijah Wood turned over the ball, Mike, three or four times last week, I feel like. Well, I know for sure two fumbles. Um, so he he might be getting replaced by another running back if they can find one uh, in L.A. Rashard Lawless, who came from who came from L.A. Um, a couple of these guys came from L.A. Anthony Johnson came from L.A. as well. This is already this is our first revenge game in this game. And I think uh, Anthony Johnson and Rashard Lawless is going to get their revenge. I think they're going to wipe the mat with L.A. It's going to be ugly. Um, the reading receivers for D.C. is Rashard Ross and Eli Rogers. Um, Eli Rogers gets seven targets a game. Rashad Ross only gets three and a half target, three and a half targets per game, but he makes them count. 
he has 73 yards receiving per game on three catches per game, five for 61 per game for Eli Rogers. Nelson Spruce, who is the best player on this team, uh, averages ready for this 96 receiving yards a game and eight and a half receiving uh, receptions per game. I think he already has like three or four touchdowns, um, 11.3 yards per catch. Then you have Jordan Smallwood, who I don't think get enough credit. Four and a half catches per game for 58 and a half yards per game, 13 yards per catch. Need to know, he finished at the road for the first time with a long trip west. XFL passing leader Cardell Jones, 511 yards and four touchdowns. Has graded out as the best quarterback by pro football focus in each of the first two weeks. Should be an interesting return for D.E. Anthony Johnson, who opened the season as a captain for the Wildcats before being traded for cornerback Bradley Slive. The defenders own a league plus four touchdown. Oh, I'm sorry. The defenders own a league high plus four in touchdown differential. Touchdown differential, is, in case you don't know, is the, it's a tiebreaker in the standings. We just, I just now found that out about a week ago. Uh, Los Angeles quarterback Josh Johnson returned to the lineup last week, and his passing grade of 79.9 was second only to Jones last week at 90.6. Johnson, who threw 496 yards and two touchdowns against Dallas, faces a stiffer test against D.C., which has held opposing quarterbacks to a league-low 54.4 passer rating. Justin Spruce leads the XFL with 192 receiving yards to go along with two scores. I swear I thought he had more than that. The Wildcats have given up eight touchdowns the most in the league. This is going to be a blowout. you got a team that turns over the ball a lot against a team that likes turnovers. you got a team that gives up a lot of touchdowns to a team with Cardo Jones who likes to throw a lot of touchdowns. This is going to be a massacre. That's what I was talking about. Each one of these games, other than Dallas and Seattle, which could also be a blowout, looks like a big blowout. Week three, maybe the week of blowouts. And that's not going to be good for ratings if this turns out to be just ass whoopings all weekend long. That's why Dallas and Seattle's the game of the week for me because I think it's going to be the closest one. If this was in Dallas, all the games would be blowouts. But that, that, that stadium in Seattle is the difference maker in that game. That's why I think it's going to be the best game of the week. The other three has potential to be blowout. St. Louis and Guardians can be close, but if St. Louis picks off Matt McGoin a couple of times early, it's over. Tampa Bay's not going to be able to keep up with Houston's offense. It's over already. And there's no way in hell L.A. and the egomaniac Winston Mullins out there Defense, offense, or anything is going to keep up with D.C.'s super team. Every one of these games has blowout potential. Watch for Seattle and Dallas, though. That will be the game of the week because it might be the closest. And by closest, I mean it might be within 10 points. This is going to be an ugly, ugly weekend of football. But my God, is it fascinating. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. I love that y'all listen to me. Check me out at XFL Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Check out XFL Newsroom for all of our podcasts. we got all different kinds of podcasts. If you need a fantasy podcast, we got it. If you need to watch this week in the XFL to catch up with the ref, we got that. We got me. We got Unhinged if you want a different take on everything. We have an awesome group of podcasts, even team individual podcasts. Check me out in the UK on Love Sport Radio every Saturday morning. I think 2 o'clock our time. You can download the app. 7 o'clock in the UK. I am now their support, their XFL analyst. I'm going to be on the North American Sports Show with Anthony Wooten. I'm actually going to record that today when y'all listen to this uh, in the morning. Um, check me out there. Just check me out everywhere. And in two weeks, I'll be in Houston for Seattle at Houston. It's the Dragons at the Roughnecks game. I'll be doing a live podcast from the tailgate. May even do like a little video diary. And I'm going to have the ref on my podcast for the previews and picks. 
I'm going to be on his this week in the XFL show. Hopefully, hopefully we do like another live stream. It's going to be a very, very good time. Cannot wait. My first flying trip, and I get to go to a XFL game. Thank you, and good night. Enjoy week three. I'll be back Tuesday with a review and my rankings show.